Hi, welcome to Content Kettle. This podcast is all about marketing, where we'll be speaking with CEOs and founders of brands across the globe and marketers who rolled up their sleeves to get their business out in the market and turn them into a success. With each having taken a different path to grow their business, they have what we call actual actionables on marketing and are spilling the tea with us, or maybe even having one. I'm Manishikha, the founder of Contentsify, a content marketing agency that works with startups to help them establish their presence online. I'll be hosting this podcast with my team to bring you only real marketing tips from those who've done it all. Please feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, Judith. Welcome to Content Kettle. You're the founder of Pospos Miami, which is a such a cute pet supplier store. Would you like to tell us a little about your brand? Hi, yeah. Thank you for the invite. Of course, uh, what we do is we help uh, dogs, cats, and piglets express themselves through sunshine-inspired outfits. Um, since 2017, we have dressed pets from every corner of the world. Um, out of uh, the, it's the first. Um, it's the first. It's Miami's first destination for tourists. That's how we started. Mm-hmm. That's that's actually cute. Uh, okay, so I have to know, right? What was the inspiration behind this? What made you start something like this? Well, first of all, obviously, as you can probably tell, I am obsessed with Miami. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't born in Miami. Uh, I came, well, I came a couple of times when I was young as a tourist, like everybody in, in South America. I'm from South America, originally from Peru. And um, when I did, when I went to, um, I call it the real US, I went to Minnesota to do my, to work on my master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I had cousins in Miami. So every time I would get to go home to visit, I would stop in Miami for like two, three days. And it was like literally for me, like a, like an in-between, um, time, you know, like a, like a, uh, it was like a transitional time, uh, for everything, culture, weather, uh, fun. It, it was right in between especially culturally, I think. I really liked my time um, in Minnesota and uh, it was really nice. And, you know, it's this American way where everything is super organized and efficient and everything works. And, you know, South America is not so much that way. <laughs> and so Miami was exactly in between. So once I graduated, I figured, oh, you know, with my master's degree in English and my um, experience in Latin America, everybody's going to want to hire me right away. Of course that didn't happen, <laughs> but, <laughs> but over time, you know, I, I made it, I made it nice in Miami. I graduated and I moved there and I, you know, it's been my home ever since. Is that also the reason why you have uh, Miami in your brand name? Absolutely. <laughs> our inspiration for, for all of our items comes pretty much from Miami. That's our focus. Um, it comes like many things, the colors and the styles are either from nature, like the beach and the swamps that we have. Um, and also from neighborhoods like, you know, South Beach and Brickell. I, I live in Brickell, which is like the, the financial center. And of course, Wynwood with the colorful walls and then the food and the people, you know, it's so flavory. And that's the, my intention is to bring clothing um, and accessories for pets that have that, you know, on the DNA. 
that looks absolutely so cute uh, because <laughs> i i have a pet too uh, he's a golden retriever and uh, you know we try and get him all of these very fancy looking or very cute looking outfits and uh, since he's a big dog right so he might wear it when he's feeling like he he has the feeling for it otherwise he's like he, he doesn't want to and he likes to wear his standardized uh, you know sweaters etc but nothing much i got him a very cute hoodie very recently because it's winters here and uh, he literally did not move after wearing it <laughs> nothing like it was tight but he's like what is this new thing you know so just in the world Yeah, you know what? Every dog have has their own personality and you know, it's it's just fun to see. Like some of them love like I I have customers who like love wearing clothes. And uh most recently I have uh, I have had many dogs around my life, but right now currently I don't. <laughs> but um during during the pandemic I was I was blessed enough where I was pet sitting for a friend for a couple of weeks and those couple of weeks turned um 6 months. <laughs> oh wow. So yeah, so Lola um I started uh, you know getting into wearing shoes because of course with covid and stuff I didn't want her to you know bring like stuff in the up- into the apartment. So she got so used to them and uh I noticed how she liked it like she, we would go out and she was either wearing the pink shoes or the red shoes. and every time people were like oh my gosh she's so cute she loved that wow so, yeah, i really really want to be trying shoes with my dog because he, <laughs> i have a feeling he's going to be very finicky about it and not move uh because he he does that he's very arrogant when it comes to what he wants to wear so oh. i mean we were thinking you know how how to get that since you mentioned covid and um, you know your about us page also mentioned that you had a brick and mortar store initially but mm-hmm. uh, due to the early signs you moved online uh, i know 2020 was like it has changed a lot for us but what was it that you saw in relation to your business that you took the step of going online um when you start a business is kind of like starting um a web like you're a spider and you're you're building a web and there are so many ways where you can grow and um you can grow into products and categories and audiences and and merchandising and like you know sales channels in my case yes i started with a brick and mortar shop and it was um it was actually for tourists so a lot of the merchandise that i had was miami you know souvenirs Mm-hmm. um but uh, i i always wanted to sell online obviously i mean it's uh, it's what everybody wants to do because it's it's a huge market and everything else and it's fun so um i had the website ready by the time covid hit and by the way it took me five times to get my website done because i wouldn't like this and then i wouldn't like that finally i did it all myself and i had to learn to do that but i did Um so by the time covid hit I had my website ready and um I started you know to work on it and mm-hmm. get more serious about it and learn a lot about digital marketing and digital sales which is really another you know it, it was it was like another master's degree <laughs> but fun 
it's it, it's vast the industry is too vast so i would say good timing because you already had in mind in a way that you had to launch an online store yes yes and uh it was also a good thing that i did my website uh myself i i used uh shopify which you don't need coding but still you know there was a lot of things to learn on the on the back side of it um, you know, how to move pictures and what size of pictures and, you know, what's going to look good or what not and the menus. So it was a good thing that I did it on my, on my own because I knew like at this point, I know exactly how to move things around. And since I had to basically design a whole new, non, well, yeah, kind of a whole new um, type of merchandise. I don't, I, I'm still, I'm still, um, doing stuff that is inspired in Miami, but mm-hmm. I don't do stuff that says Miami. So my products are new, most of them, all of them, I think. Wow. And uh, you started all the new range of products during the lockdown or were you kind of prepared even before that for them? No, no. I started because when I had the, the physical shop, um, mm-hmm. I had... Uh, in fact, like the stuff that didn't say Miami, I I had worked into into integrating Miami on it <laughs> because you know because of the nature of my my target audience at that point. So no, in COVID, I went back to nothing having Miami on it because it wouldn't make sense. Okay, good. So there are a number of pet supply brands online now when you see, you know, uh, everybody's trying to sell either their clothes, their sweaters, their shoes, but you see suddenly a lot of brands doing that. So when you started out, what did you want to do differently from them? I mean, what did you have in mind? Well, one of the things is, and this is from before, you know, internet, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I have, I started my, my shop in 2017, but I had started something very, very similar with a partner that did a partnership that didn't work out, um, in 2009, I think. So, um, like since the beginning, what I noticed is that many brands were focusing on the baby type doggy or the, the pretty fancy wearing, fancy clothing wearing expensive stuff doggy. And that wasn't like, I didn't want to, that's not what I wanted to be. In my mind, my customers are more of the, like, you know, the, 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 the fun toddler who is a little messy sometimes, <laughs> that kind of, that kind of um, dog child, if you will. So um, that's what I think I did. I, I feel that I do different. And then the other thing, and some people are, I mean, some people are like me and most people aren't like me, but I don't tend to look much at what other brands are doing. I just don't. (laughs) I think that's good for your own uh, creativity, you know, because when you see Mm -hmm. somebody doing something, you're like, "Um, maybe I should be doing the same. And then you kind of lose track of what you had in mind. I think... That's 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 a good approach, you know. Especially like in, in a band like yours, uh, if you looked elsewhere, you would probably lose your own original inspiration for sure. Yeah, and also, um, yes, and then you get competitive, and you but competitive, competitive the wrong side. I think where oh, I'm not doing this. 
oh, this is not trendy and I'm not doing it. I mean, I honestly don't need that. <laughs> I, I like, I mean, I see a lot of what's out there in terms of providers. And then I grab, like I said, my inspiration from things that are around me or, or the holidays or like graphic design, like fonts. You know, you have enough like the font, I mean, some fonts are trendy today and then in two years, you, you know, they're not trendy anymore. So I grab inspiration from that too. Same thing with colors. Like even in Miami last year, we had, I remember we had the, we, we hosted the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So we had this Miami colors that they had started to be trendy. I would say five years before, but they were like, all like in in all their their splendor last year so i you know i i did some of i used some of those colors and integrated them into my my lines so i i mean i grab inspiration from that more than you know what competitors might be doing that's lovely okay so uh you since you had a brick and mortar store right uh when you moved online how did you tell your customers that the same brand was uh, now online? And did you see the same response? Because you said that initially when it was a brick and mortar store, you wanted it to be somewhat like, you know, the first stop in Miami. So uh, how how did you see a response from your customers when you said, hey, now I have an online store? Um, in all honesty, it's been a struggle. It's, I don't, like, even before COVID, when I still have the shop, I always try different things um, in my brick and mortar days to convert my customers into online customers. In all honesty, it's a, it, it's difficult. Um, they don't really respond. Like, yeah, they were typically, you know, tourists, and I had amazing customer experience and amazing reviews. And, you know, we like my employees, I, I, I have this philosophy that we only want happy money. So it's happy money. Everybody's happy. Like I'm, I'm happy to receive it and you're happy to give it to me. And uh, customer happiness was, we were obsessed about that, especially because we were in Miami and my customers were, you know, getting in and out of cruise ships and having fun. So anyway, like the, the customer experience, um, I can tell you was really, really amazing. And yet it was difficult uh, for me to get them to continue that relationship online. So when COVID hit, uh, of course I did emails and stuff like that. And, uh, but it's difficult. Like my open rates are decent, but my conversion rates are still, you know, eh, here, here and there. Kind of struggling. So you're using right now uh, emails to get in touch with them majorly? Yes. Um, yes. Right. I mean, of course, I have some social media flowers that came from the brick and mortar location. But right. I think, I right. think it's because, I mean, of course, they, they're traveling. Like I, I, I was telling you, my, uh, my shop, my, my brick and mortar location was mm-hmm. in Bayside Marketplace, which is the number one tourist destination. So these people were tourists. They didn't, like at that point, they were buying, they weren't thinking, oh, this is a shop where I can, you know, continue to buy. And believe me, I tried. <laughs> I had, I had, uh, what do you call it? Um, discount cards that I would give them to visit the, you know, the, 
the website. I had um, QR codes. I tried. I, I tried many things, but it, that conversion was 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 difficult. It was challenging. I didn't quite get to the right, you know, formula for it. Mm, it, it 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 definitely is tricky for for a consumer who is super used to like shopping offline. Uh, going online and making the same purchase was something that not everyone was willing to do. I would say, a lot of them like you know they didn't they didn't suddenly want to buy from the brand. They would rather buy from an alternate brand because those guys were longer uh, present online longer. I've I've seen the same pattern across a couple of stores that's why i asked i said what, what how, how did you see the transition transition like uh okay so when you started your online journey right what were some of the challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them i mean something for instance if i want to start a pet supplies brand uh what are some of the challenges that i can actually expect but nobody talks about online um I'm thinking, yeah, I was thinking not online. So let me focus on something online. I would say something online is that there are many, many ways to drive traffic either either to your website or to your store, store within a marketplace, like say Amazon or, or Etsy or whatever. Um, so I would say find one that suits you best because of whatever your personality, your expertise, your desire at that point, your budget, and then stick to that. Because we try, we try to do many, (laughs) usually entrepreneurs, we do this, but especially online, you want to do everything because it seems, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just going to post a lot of content every day. And then I'm going to do a lot of emails a month. And then I'm also going to do some Google ads and then Facebook ads and, you know, no. (laughs) Yeah, it it turns messy really soon. And then it's a big drain on your resources as well. Yes. Yes, yes, totally. Okay, so going online, it actually kind of means making your products, you know, available to a wider, wider market. Uh, so how are you tapping into that kind of an opportunity that it brought about? What are some of the marketing strategies that you use today? Well, I started my phase one um, in Q4 last year. So September, October, November. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start testing my product because like I was telling you before, everything said Miami and now it's not Miami. So, mm-hmm. so I started with that um, homework, if you will. And um, at the same time, I started with... No, well, almost not. Yeah, I, because I had the website and then I did some paid ads. Mm-hmm. I had the Etsy shop and uh, Etsy ads too. And then toward the end of last year, I started on, on Amazon. So, um, the cha- well, yeah, what I was telling you is that I started with testing my products to see which ones I was going to be focusing on because you cannot do everything again. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I found is that Etsy became my 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 number one lab because it's faster. Like, you know, you can post something on, on, on Etsy right away. And uh, if you put some Etsy ads, like within hours, you can tell, you know, if your item is going to have good results or not so good results or, or if it's going to be strong or how strong. 
And then the girls part, that's a different story. <laughs> but, but I would suggest like for anyone who is starting, like grabbing one that is going to be your lab. And then once you test your items and your... When, when I say items, by the way, I mean all the elements, right? The mm-hmm. item itself and then the, the thumbnail picture and then the product description, like, you know, all of this like formula of, of, um, of assets. And, um, and once you have it, then you replicate it rather than, oh, you know, I'm going to start with, <laughs> I've done it. I've done this, of course. Like, I'm going to start with 30 designs for Christmas. And then wow. <laughs> I'm going to put them all in just a couple of days on Etsy, on Amazon and on my website. And then I'm going to like, no, <laughs> little by little. Little by little. That's actually a good tip. I Since you mentioned Etsy and you mentioned Amazon, I'm curious to know, um, as a Shopify store, right? Uh, how, how many marketplaces uh, should brands actually tap into? Or and is, it, is it like... Does it impact your revenue in some way? Does it get you access to, let's say, more consumers by being on more marketplaces? Um, okay, first of all, um, I can, like I just, I just told you, Q4 was my experimenting um, time, mm-hmm. you know, three months experimenting time. So having said that, I would say, it's better or easier, I said, I would say, to start in a marketplace, either Amazon or Etsy, whatever is your, your, you know, your calling your taste or whatever, you know, so it's best. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. Like, remember I was telling you, this is like a, like starting a web, like weaving a, a web, like a spider web, web. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't like, I think everybody can start, like you can start anywhere. It doesn't really matter, but you know, just start on that one. So, um, but yeah, what I was telling, I mean, back to your question, sorry, (laughs) I rambled a little, little. but um, yeah, I mean, it's easier if you start from a marketplace because, um, because you don't have to build the traffic. The traffic is going to more or less come to you. Mm -hmm, Understood. It's more like, you know, tapping into the power of something, which is, sort of already established to test out your uh, products. So it, it, it complements the brand's marketing, I would say. Yeah, it's like uh, like on brick and mortar. Like, do you want to start, like if you want to start in a, in a mall that already has uh, the traffic, and then in that case, you're going to spend a lot of money or resources in, in, in rent. Or you want to start as a standalone uh, store, you know, where, I mean, outside the mall. And in that case, your expenses are going to be higher on marketing because you're going to have to build that traffic. It's the same thing online. That actually is good analogy. It does make sense. Okay, I, I, I'm super sure, like, as an entrepreneur, while you were doing your research also, uh, you must have spent countless hours online um, reading how to establish your brand, how to market your brand, or how to get those first hundred sales in. This is somewhat like a trick question that I ask everybody. But uh, 
what's the one strategy that you feel is just overhyped i mean of course you know every strategy works for different brands but what's that one strategy that you see everybody talking about but it's really not necessary for every brand to do um in my case to get my first 100 sales online i picked one marketplace that was easy to post stuff on and then i started testing um five products and then out of those five products on that marketplace i sticked to one and then i developed many designs of the same item specifically i started i started on etsy with bandanas hoodies and t-shirts and i don't know what else something else probably and then out of those ones um the ones that sold faster were the bandanas so then i stick to my bandanas and created i don't know who knows 5 10 bandanas i don't remember well and then within those 5 10 bandanas i noticed that there was one um what do you call it? one um, one niche um it was actually the political niche that was working better it was converting better it was getting more uh views more visits and stuff like that so i stick to that one and develop more within that you know niche and then once i did that then i went back to to like the hoodie like the hoodies because by the time you do this you are oh that's the other thing. yes this is very important you have to look at your uh stats all the time so yeah that's key i mean you can you can feel oh this is going to work or this is not going to work but until you see your stats you're not really sure and it's the same thing in brick and mortar too um mm-hmm. i remember i used to develop one uh product per month and i had that um discipline because you know you have to test something so you know i would start with i don't know 5 10 units of one thing and then if it would if it moves and next month i order more and same thing with um with online you look at your stats specifically yeah your views uh mm-hmm. sorry your visits against your views and then your purchases against your visits and that's key got it so i think uh you would say that you know all of those uh people who say you need to have a lot of products at the beginning uh that's something that you wouldn't quite recommend you you you'd rather say that hey no test it out you know go go face by face yes absolutely definitely um i have had that thought too <laughs> you need to start with a lot of things and it's very tempting but no i i would totally like people get dizzy if they see too much so no i i would advise you know start small and then obviously do research before you start right um you know google trends google keywords and pinterest and there's a lot of there's a lot of material out there about how to research and and trends and um yeah so research before product and then like less is more kind of approach so my next question is actually going to be uh what's the one thing that you absolutely absolutely recommend when it comes to marketing would you say that is research yes 
if I had to pick one for marketing and for anything. Um, I'm, my background is in communication. So um, in communication, sometimes we, we all forget this, but there's a, pro- like, there's a clear four-step process for every project. And the first one is research. And then after research is planning, and then it's um, execution, and then it's evaluation. But the first one is research. Mm-hmm. And I think most brands tend to get inspired by others and kind of skip the research, thinking that what worked for like brand A might work for brand B as well. I, I have a feeling that most go with lesser amount of research. If, if I had to ask, how much time do you really spend uh, researching? Oh, uh, <laughs> a lot because, oh, let's see. I it's consider endless. research. Mm-hmm. Yes, tell me. Yeah, I, I, is it endless? Um, I would say kind of because once you're into this thing, you, you start analyzing and, and getting, um, getting information from different sources, like, what I was telling you, for example, you know, what, what fonts are trendy right now and, uh, words get trendy and then keywords, of course, of course, get trendy. And, uh, you get that from pop culture. You get that from TV. You get that from the news. You get that from radio or pop podcasts from, from, from YouTube. And, you know, we're, we're like, you know, we're sponges. Like, it's just a matter of when you're, when you're, um, you know, creating your spider web, <laughs> weaving your spider web, then um, all of these things that you that you absorb, the ideas that you integrate them into your your business decisions. Mm-hmm. So I would say lots and lots of time researching and researching in an ongoing sort of manner and not just a one-off. Yes, definitely. I mean, if I'm going to be like brainstorming for new products, definitely I'm going to be looking at more specific like e-commerce research, like specifically keywords. And um, yeah, there's there's plenty of, you know, information about that. Keywords and um, product demands, like sales from other people, sales levels, you know, pricing. And then of course, whatever your suppliers are offering, your suppliers have. Um, so that's a, that's a specific, you know, product research like product creation research but um but yeah i mean you like if you think about it we're researching all the time one year or not <laughs> yeah we're constantly i think uh on the search engine at least every day we're looking for one thing or the other and it's kind of similar to research of course not that in depth but uh we are actually very used to looking for things you know, uh, reading up yes. on them at least now. That's there. Yes, uh, absolutely. So when you went online, right, or when you started your brand, you'd say it, it was almost like a fresh brand, a very new brand online. What was the one thing or the one person that helped you the most? Um, for creating the brand, yes, I have a good friend who is a, a an amazing graphic designer, and um, when I say amazing, I really mean it because I've worked with many designers, but um, some of them can tell you exactly. Like if you ask them why they put this line here or they drew that point there, they can tell you why. And um, 
and they make sense. So she's one of those very professional um, designers. And uh, I had the idea for my logo, for example. Um, well, first of all, I, yeah, I had the idea for my logo and it, it, I had it like for years from, um, it's from a, a painting by, by mural, a mural painting. And, uh, so I wanted something like that because, you know, it, 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 the painting talks to me. It's just that, you know, I like it. So, um, and I figure it would go together with this branding that I had in mind. Um, you know, remember the analogy about the, the, my clients are more like the, the, the kind of naughty toddler rather than the Mm -hmm. spoiled, you know, child. And, um, so I had these things in mind and, uh, you know, she's, she's a person where, you know, we would, like, I, I kept telling her, this is what I'm thinking. And this is the type of customer that I think. And to me, the dogs are this and this and that. And I used to have this dog, this blah, blah, blah. And then, um, she helped me, you know, put, I mean, polish that into a polished logo. And, uh, but yeah, like just verbalizing this with somebody who can, um, think in, in terms of images, like I'm, 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 I'm from communication. So I've been exposed to photo and video and images, but really my superpower, I think it's words and writing. So, um, so it was, you know, it's always amazing for me to kind of have this sharing and, you know, long conversations and analysis and philosophizing, <laughs> philosophizing with people who think differently and she thinks in images. So I would say she's the one who helped me the most. That's, that's really sweet. Good to have friends like that, I would say. Definitely. Yes. Uh, yes. So slowly wrapping up, what are the five tips that you would give to someone who wants to start their business in the pet supply industry or are kind of finding it struggling? Because I'm sure even you must have seen, there is suddenly a lot of brands that are going online but a lot of them also don't succeed as in, you know, they shut down after a couple of months at max. So I, I feel there are a lot of pet supply brands out there who are not finding a very happy footing, you know, so they, they just don't stabilize, I would say. Uh, so what are the five tips that you would give to someone like that or someone who's just wanting to start out? Um, I'm, I'm the first one and this applies to to any business really is that as a business owner you need to um you have to um be polished and knowledgeable about the basic ones right um accounting uh sales projections and stuff and numbers and how to account for money and your cash flow and your profit and loss and um if you don't know, like in my case, I didn't know that all the technicalities, I didn't know much because of my communication background. So I had to, you know, learn that and study for that. Uh, other people, for instance, maybe they're not so good on, on, I don't know, writing and writing, you know, transcriptions, then they need to polish that. So, you know, the basics that finances and well, numbers, uh, a little bit of graphic design, a little bit of writing for the marketing and what else I would, oh yes, the logistics and, mm-hmm. um, and the sales. I would say those are the, the five basic ones. So if you're not so much polished in 
any of those, then you better study. <laughs> you better start studying those. Yeah. Uh, that's number one. I mean, before you start, I would say. And then um, I would say going deeper on those is the numbers one. Um, sometimes we forget, especially if, if you're going to do online marketing, sometimes you, you, you think that you're going to have a lot of profit, but then you forget to account for the small little monies that go away here and there. And yeah, that's, that's something I've seen a lot in my fellow entrepreneurs community. Mm -hmm. So that's two, two or that's five. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So no, okay. So know your basic knowledge if you're going to be an entrepreneur. The mm -hmm. second one, watch your profits. That's super important. The third one, uh, third one um, keeps the startup startup mentality, which is you test and then okay, you research and then you do whatever you test and then you modify. So that's another thing because sometimes you do something and then you think that's gonna be um, selling a lot and it doesn't. <laughs> so then uh, you th you're thinking that, oh, you know, I'm not doing good things or this product doesn't work or and you just, maybe you just need to modify your, your, your pictures, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yes. And then those are three advices. And then I think five. Yeah. The other one is, I, I think what I was telling you, the, the, I go back to the, the, the spider web. I think that's, you know what, that's so important because you kind of forget the map sometimes. And uh, because then again, you're focusing on one thing and that thing isn't working as fast as you thought it would. So you can get discouraged. But if you keep in mind that you're weaving uh, a web, you know, and it's going to take time, they just, you know, like you, you know, if you keep this big picture, then then you simply, you know, you, you go ahead and you keep going. Mm -hmm. So, so something, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like assistance. You, you have to persistence yes. for a while. Yes, but yes, but not the persistence, the persistence of doing the same thing over and over again, but the persistence of it's going to take a couple tries sometimes to get to your next um, benchmark. And that actually does make sense. It's something which is applicable to so many of us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, we can lose track, we can lose motivation if we don't see it working in a couple of months. And some of us give up and some of us would try out maybe a newer, fresher approach to things. I've, I've seen that drift as well. Okay, so uh, last question. If you had a chance to turn back time, what is it that you would do differently? I mean, something that you learned now, but did not know back then. Um, and if you did know back then, things would have been like very, very different for you. Hmm. Oof. Let me think. So many. <laughs> um, I think, but... I'm going to tell you which one I would have done different 
exactly. Mm-hmm. But then I'll tell you why I didn't and why in the end it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when COVID hit, I figured I'm going to put my brand a little bit on a, re- on a freezer until Q4 and because this was March, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to start, stop marketing my, my brand until September. And then in September, um, you know, people are going to be buying, are going to be maybe more ready to look into pretty things for the dog. And, uh, it's going to be a better time, you know, a better timing for, for me to market my brand. And also by then I thought, um, well, I thought I, maybe I need a break, a, a break because I figured the Miami stuff is not going to be selling online. So I need to prepare new merchandise. And right now I'm exhausted with all of, you know, everything that's going on around me. <laughs> so I'm, I put my, my brand kind of on a freezer for a few months. And, um, why I think maybe there was a mistake is because had I started before, um, I would be on a better shape right now and I would have had a better uh, Q4, a better holiday season sales. Because of course, you start before, then you know you, you advance mm-hmm. faster. Uh, but the reason the reasons I, I had at that point weren't so bad. I mean, I, perhaps I needed that break. And in the meantime, it's not like I didn't do anything. I started uh, a couple brands with a friend. <laughs> so that um, business that I started with my friend was what I needed to do at that time. I learned so much. We had, we would motivate each other. So every day we would be working, um, over the phone together over the phone and um you know so it was a perfect partner for me to keep going and um yeah and we you know we learned together like we learned from like there were things that he would know that I didn't and you know everybody brought their their background so we we shared all this knowledge so that made me walk faster once I, you know, September hit and I started to work on my brand again. So I think in the end it worked out. <laughs> it, it worked out. I mean, as long as, you know, you, one, you started something new. Uh, two, you were right back on track with, I would say, a very refreshed mind. So yeah, it, it was in a way a plus for you, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. There's one thing I wanted to ask. So, uh, we are in the same community on Facebook, right? Uh, mm-hmm. How do you think that helps uh, as a Shopify entrepreneur or in general, you know, an e-commerce entrepreneur, uh, the community factor? How, how Has it really helped you like stay motivated or maybe reach more customers, find collaborations? Yes. And of course, I, my response is going to be biased because of my background in communication and public relations. So it's all, and on top of that, I need, I, I work in nonprofits. So to me, communities are <laughs> everything. And, um, yeah, the help that I, you know, I, I, I love creating communities wherever I go at work, uh, in my neighborhood, in my gym, everywhere. So I, uh, yeah, I, I believe in the power of communities and 
mm-hmm. lately, like in this on this pandemic, uh, Facebook groups are an important part of my learning curve. Like once I have a group for people who are doing, um, uh, it's a gym app where you, you know, work up, work up plans and stuff like that. So once, uh, I saw a post of somebody saying, Hey, does anybody, anybody has seen, uh, I don't know, um, Fulanita, we, we say Fulanita in Spanish, like, so, you know, so for like mm-hmm. this girl. And, uh, yeah, because I heard, you know, because I haven't seen her posting anything in a while. She's been, she's been quiet and I know she had some, uh, mental health issues and I don't know how she is. And then a couple of days later, a couple, a couple of days later, she responds and says, Hey everybody. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you so much. So we, you know, we were keeping tracks on each other and it was so cute. And then I realized, um, you know, when I talk with my friends, many times I refer to somebody on my Facebook group for this or that, <laughs> you know, like they're friends already. So yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's a powerful, it's, it's, it's a very power, powerful tool to be, you know, participating on online communities. Definitely. So that's actually all I had to ask you, Judith. Uh, is there anything that you would want to share with us? Absolutely. Anything. No, I, I mean, I think, no, I think we, oh my God, such a fun conversation. I think we covered everything. Just, let me just say the names of the two people that I mentioned. <laughs> my designer f- friend is Maria Alejandra. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, hello. And then my partner friend is Rolo. So, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the people also behind Pause Buzz Miami. Right. <laughs> yes. That it was it was a really sweet conversation with you, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to find a lot of value in this episode because uh, you've touched upon something that a lot of you know entrepreneurs don't upfront talk about, uh, especially when you said, "Hey, go agile, go slow, go smaller, test it out." Because uh, with things like drop shipping coming into being, it's it's become something that people just don't. Cater to anymore, you know. They 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 think that having a very vast product catalog is the way to go to the market. But really good yeah, tips, Judith. That's true. No, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. It was yeah. I also feel like it was a great conversation, and I hope that you know I get to motivate, inspire, and help other people too with my experience. They definitely. Thank you for being on the episode, Judith. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Likewise, take care. And that's it for today's episode of Content Kettle. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast for more such tips from the real doers.